Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Well, despite a complex economic and geopolitical context around the world, the need, I love that word, the <laughs> need to travel, it is a need, not a want, the need to travel is still present in many people. Yeah. In fact, according to the Economist Intelligence Unit, global tourism arrivals will increase by 30% this year, following growth of 60% last year. Of course, this is all relative. Now, while we're thrilled to see normalcy returning and tourism rebounding, the travel industry, of course, is still facing lots of hurdles, such as a possible worldwide recession on its path to a full recovery. So what is the state of travel entering 2023? And which travel trend do you think will gain ground in the coming months? Well, to tell us all about this, Boon Sian Chai is the Managing Director and Vice President of International Markets at Trip.com. And he is joining us now to tell us more about what to expect this year. Mr. Boon, the travel industry's road to post-pandemic recovery. What do you forecast for 2023? Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me. I think, first of all, I think a few things that we're looking forward to in 2023 I think 2022 has been a pretty good year for us in terms of borders reopening. We see the travel industry recovering in 2022, and I think there's a lot of optimism for us in this year as well. On Trip.com Group's side, what we are looking at is that we are pretty well positioned to lead and sustain the recovery in the coming months and years because there are few things that we've been doing even during the pandemic to help to drive a recovery in the hospitality industry. However, I think as you also mentioned, I think there are still some economic challenges Especially, I think from my perspective, we see a lot of flight capacity issues. Not so much in Singapore, but if you look at North Asia, especially, there's still a lot of flight capacity issues that are still waiting to be recovered. Mm-hmm. But of course, there are still some potential risks, like some of the new wave of COVID viruses that could affect us. I mean, nevertheless, I think with the latest announcement of China borders opening, definitely we will be able to see a huge influx of Chinese customers globally. And I think that's also going to bring a lot of stimulus to our economy mm. in Singapore. Are we being a little too optimistic? Because I know you said that there are some concerns about whether we'll have to deal with another COVID outbreak, another COVID pandemic or a pandemic of some other virus. But Mm -hmm. in terms of what we're seeing with the reopening of China, clearly some people are very ambivalent about this. Some are rejoicing. Others are saying, let's not get too excited. How are you processing China's reopening in particular? I think one point to always bear in mind is pre-pandemic, China is the number one out- outbound travel market. The Chinese itself, they made 155 million outbound mm-hmm. trips and spent over $130 billion in terms of spending in 2019. Just take 0.1% or even 1% of this. I think that's going to give globally many markets a huge boost. So yes, I think there will still be a lot of challenges and concerns about Chinese travelers outbound. I think in Singapore, I think as our minister also mentioned in Parliament, I think our vaccination rate is high. I think we are pretty okay with the Chinese travellers. And in fact, I think many of these variants that the Chinese may be bringing are actually already present in the world. If you look at Thailand, I think when the borders opened on the 8th or 9th of January, the Prime Minister actually was in the airport welcoming the first travellers coming from China. I mean, different countries have very different situations depending on the vaccination rates and so on. But I think for Singapore's point of view, I think we are well positioned to be able to welcome the the Chinese travellers. Okay, now one of the things that I noticed, and I've been traveling since, well, fourth quarter of 2021, maybe Mm. even earlier than that, is that the cost of travel overall, hotels, airfare and everything have all gone up. 
Is this pretty much what we are going to be faced with this year? Continued price rises for everything that's involved with travel. Yeah, I think from my perspective, in the short to medium term, we will still expect a crunch on flat capacity, which will also impact the supply. I think that's something that we So this is the primary have. reason, the capacity for flights? One of these is flight capacity. I think the other one, which also I think just now during your program, you also mentioned that manpower shortages. Mm-hmm. Mm. Operationally, it's not as easy for hotels to be able to manage with lesser manpower. In fact, we also hear in some of the markets that we manage that hotels actually not fully open at 100% capacity. Not because they don't want to, but because they don't have enough manpower to manage all the rooms. Mm. So in that way, I think, uh, yes, we will still expect short-term uh, ADR for hotels mm-hmm. and also flight rates to be still high. However, However, I think it will start to soften as you know hotels start adopting technology to manage the operational needs, as well as when you know when the air crews come back and when the flight companies start to bring back the, the flights itself. So I think it's it's just a matter of time. I think in the short term, yes, it's going to impact us. Mm. What are some strategies for bringing back people, workers into the industry, though? Because I have spoken to some workers who say that after what they went through during COVID, they would rather not work in hospitality anymore or even in the aviation sector anymore. More. But what are your thoughts on this? I know that ultimately, even with automation, at the heart of it, people are still very important in such industries. Yeah, I think you are exactly right. In fact, I was speaking to a few colleagues and they were also asking me, you know, why is it so difficult for the travel industry to bring these people back? Uh, once bidden, twice shine. Some people who have left the industry, you're right, they found a new job, they have a new career. I think it will be difficult to attract them. However, I think we cannot run away from the fact that travel is a very attractive industry. It is. But the hospitality industry is a people industry. So we have a lot of Gen Z and Gen Y people they are looking to come into the travel industry. Mm. So yet we may have lost some of the, you know, Gen X and maybe Gen Y kind of generation, but I think there will be a new influx of people who are looking to come in here to experience travel like myself. You know, in the last three months, I think I've been to 20 countries because the borders open and I want to meet meet our partners again, meet our hotel partners. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, Talk yeah, about yeah. revenge travel. That sounds yeah. like very potent revenge. Just, <laughs> exactly. Just, just exactly. to highlight yeah. that, Brunsian, you were talking about, I'm a Gen X and I'm in the travel industry. I'm one of the new <laughs> ones who are going into the travel industry. So yes, it is quite an attractive space to be. Uh, exactly. Especially exactly. now that we're kind of all just starting restarting from, you know, from the bottom again. Yes, exactly. And you know what Trip.com is trying to do is we know that the, this is a new generation of travelers. So what we have also been doing is we're actually tapping on social media. Mm-hmm. If what we are doing is we actually launch Trip Moments where we actually provide an opportunity for Gen Z and Gen Y to actually post videos, photos, you know, moments that they did in travel to continue to generate user-generated contents. And mm-hmm. we're actually going on social media to be able to drive that kind of stimulation as well as that kind of attraction to travel. Since we are talking about younger travellers, a lot of surveys show that they're very concerned about their carbon footprints. And if you want to cater to this group of travellers, you really have to make sure that anything connected with travelling is more sustainable, more ESG-friendly. And we're talking all three letters, not just the environmental concerns, but also social and governance. What exactly are you advising players in the industry to do in order to be able to meet these needs? 
Yeah, we actually have been a champion for sustainability within the travel industry. I think if we if we want we need to walk the talk, right? If we want people to you know support sustainability, us as a travel company, mm-hmm. we need to lead. So what we are doing is we actually are a founder of a sustainability uh, travel coalition called Travelist, and we actually work with our travel peer to develop sustainable travel initiative to bring you know industry wide changes. The other thing is we actually also partner with this climate tech company called Choose where we enable Trip.com users worldwide to address CO2 emission on their travel. So customers actually book on Trip.com, they actually have the opportunity to address their flat CO2 emission through the journey by a small cost where they can offset some of these CO2 emissions. So I think we need to walk the talk. We are taking the lead in this area and I will encourage all our you know, global chain partners as well as our flight partners to do that. In fact, many of our global chain partners are actually also taking on this sustainability mindset as well. Speaking of global, Mr. Boone, I am, as I mentioned, in the travel industry now. So how are you planning to approach new travel destinations and your industry partners? Mm, okay, I think you got on a very important point. Actually, we've been doing quite a lot of this new destination promotion, mm-hmm. not just the last few months. In fact, the last few years, as many of the borders are closed, we actually try to drive a lot of domestic travel. So especially in mainland China, mm-hmm. we actually have been very successful driving what we call the live boss show, where our chairman, where we, uh, Trip.com Group is a listed company, our chairman actually personally participate in a weekly live boss shows where we go around different cities and we actually promote properties and hotel partners to bring domestic travel to different markets. And we actually extended it beyond China, where Trip.com, actually our teams in, in Singapore, we actually go to different countries after the borders open to promote outbound travel as well as inbound travel in, into Singapore. In fact, just last night, we started our first international uh, live boss show out basically targeting the Chinese travelers for Thailand. It's called a Super World Trip Series. So over the next few weeks, every Wednesday or Thursday, we will actually be pushing many of these outbound destinations from China into the rest of the world, Thailand, Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, and so on, to be able to bring, you know, bring attractions. In fact, even last week, even before we launched the live boss show, we were already doing a lot of teasers where we get our travel agents globally mm-hmm. to actually feature live, you know, what are all these cities like, how is Barcelona like, how is Singapore mm-hmm. like. How is the marine business? Again, to bring people back to really, okay, if you really come to Singapore, how does it feel like? How is the gardens by the bay like? How is Orchard Road like? You know, so we try to stimulate that kind of travel and that, that visibility into these markets. Mm. You've touched on many aspects of marketing, including TikTok videos and all of these other initiatives. But what's your advice to travel operators who want to not just build brand awareness, but also cultivate loyalty among their customers? It's very, very competitive these days. I mean, for us, loyalty, we do it in a couple of ways. One, of course, we have loyalty program called Trip Coins, where we reward our customers by giving them Trip Coins for travel. I think the key for us at the end of the day is the customer service. If we really, really want to drive loyalty, we must make sure that we delight our customers. And in this area, what Trip.com does is we're actually moving away from what our competitors are doing in terms of outsourcing customer service. Mm-hmm. We're actually actually taking on customer service ourselves. We want to make sure that every customer that books on Trip.com, they have a personalized service and they can call our hotline or they can do self-service cancellation or changes of flights very easily on the mobile app. 
So I think it might have one only advice to our travel companies and so on who are going to really drive loyalty is focus on customer service. Treat customers as number one. And that is the most important thing, of course. Uh, Boon Sian Chai is the Managing Director and Vice President of International Markets at Trip.com. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.